ball game. Take me out with the crowd. Buy me some peanuts and cracker jack. I don't care if I never get back. Hello and welcome to episode number 13 of the Sports Night Podcast. This is your podcast. Yes, we talk about sports and everything to do with sports and everything around it. I'm your one of your co-hosts, Tracy, otherwise known as Holster. And as always, the one, the only, the one my mother warned me about, Mr. Bruce. How are you doing today, Bruce? I'm doing pretty good. Nice, nice intro there. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's the hardest part of my job is try try to think of a new one every time. So, uh, yeah. So, any exciting thing happened this last week with you? Well, yeah, actually, uh, a couple of things. Um, I actually just got a, a new guitar and a, a new amp all in one week. Oh, all right. That's pretty good. The only thing exciting with me is uh, I'm taking my test to get my see it uh, my. Uh, CDL, commercial driver's license, my class A again. I had it years and years and years and years, too many years ago. So I'm trying to get it back. Why? Eh, why not? So today I took the last. In Texas, you got to take five written tests and then two driving tests. So today I uh, took I took three last week tests and two today. So uh finished them off. So I'm kind of happy those are done. Now I just got to schedule the time and do the driving and the parallel parking with the semi and all that. Actually, it's funny because my friend did the same thing with, uh, although he's running a limo service up here. So, um, you know, on top of his full-time job, if he's got a couple of days or two, you know, it's it's an extra 500 to 1,000 a day. So that's not bad. Yeah, if you can find a place you can get some miles in, hey, yeah, that's great. So uh, how about we get into the sports here? Before we get into our main topic today, uh couple things uh, we've been talking about is it's kind of hitting the Dallas media here. We were talking about last week about uh, Ruff not going to be making it next year. And that kind of seems to be the consensus is uh, Dallas uh, will fire their coach in the offseason. And can you guess who the two names uh, kind of floating around around here? Oh, that would actually be awesome if it were Gallant and uh, the guy they uh, let go from the Islanders. Actually, the two big names you've been hearing about is Gallant, since he has do has a tie back with uh, Jim Neal in Detroit, and the other is the one, the only bringing back who brought them a championship. The one, the only. Does that give you a hint yet? Ken Hitchcock. There you go. Those are the two names kind of floating around. Uh, you know, I I actually I say good for Ken. I actually hope he ends up with the team because. Uh, I've always liked him as a coach. I think the world of him, and uh, you know what? The things that happened to him up in St. Louis, it was not going to work out ultimately anyway because uh, they were on a fire sale, and I'm not really sure what they're doing these days. Yeah, when he left, it was a pretty unhappy move in Dallas. When when uh, Hitchcock was let go, it was, like I said, it was pretty, it wasn't fan-friendly uh it it that was one of the new when the new owners came in and it wasn't happy new owners have taken over since then so it it's i think that's uh a pretty good move if they bring him back he'll have instant name recognizable here but if i still had to pick uh i still think gallant I, i think that's the top choice and i think that'd be a good choice well, either way, I don't think Dallas will lose. But I, actually, I agree with you. I mean, I like Hitchcock a lot, but I think that Gallant is really the guy to go to here because look at what happened to Florida this year. They are clearly out of the playoffs, and they blew it. 
I don't understand why they felt they needed to make the change, especially in the middle of the season this year. Yeah, I think the change to make change is, uh, yeah, overrated in my opinion. So uh, before we get into our main topic, uh, the owners meeting for the NFL just finished. Did you see the changes they approved this year? Well, outside of the vote on the Raiders, I haven't. Okay, a couple of them are old, but they're sticking to it. Uh, one of them is a new rule is players were no longer to leap over the offensive line to block field goal kicks or extra points. You know how they just dive over it and try to get it? Uh, injuries were happening on both sides, so they said, nope, can't do it anymore. Um, the one they started last year where if you have uh, two, you know, uh, Unsportsmanlike conduct penalties, you're ejected from the game. Uh, that's permanent. So that's going to stay around forever. Uh, another one is the one where you kick off and it goes to the 25-yard line. That's going to be on for another second season. Uh, another one is uh, one receiver running a pass route will be given defensive player protection, help the receiver's knees a little bit. Crack blocks in the backfield, uh, players who are motions that no go anymore. Uh, another one is about the time possession. These two are kind of time things. One is anytime you try to manipulate the time in the last two minutes, you're going to get a penalty and time runoff. Uh, examples of that is wait until a half a second before they snap, calling time out. Now that's going to be hard to prove, but uh, stuff like that. Uh, another one is... Another rule is this happened last year uh, in the playoffs. Basically, if you time's running out in the half or the end of the game, time's running down and you pass play. What what happened last? It was against uh, the Saints or Atlanta. I forgot. And what happened was the 49ers fouled all four receivers at the line of scrimmage all at once. So it was a 15-yard penalty, and with the time running down, they only could kick a field goal. So multiple fouls on the same play when they're obviously trying to do that is not when sportsmanlike conduct, which means 15 yards and no time off the clock. So they're trying to do away with that. And... Same thing about the time. Uh, conserve time after two-minute warning on either half will be illegal. Uh, basically, stop some of the wasting in the last two minutes of the time. So they're really pushing the time thing. They they talked about but did not pass the overtime going from 15 minutes to 10 minutes. Uh, they'll talk about it again next year. That and the Raiders, obviously. So those are your changes for this year. Do you think that's actually the best they could do? Well, yeah, I know. Um, I don't know. Uh, I do like the one about the multiple fouls. Uh, the 49ers, I think it was the 49ers, because they did it a couple times this year, and it was nothing refs could really do, and it was like, boy, that's kind of cheap. But uh, it was legal, kind of like some of the stuff uh, the Patriots do. You're like, that's not right, but it's legal. Then they change it in the offseason. So kind of like uh, when uh, the, for a couple games until they said you can't do it anymore, they were the Patriots were sending in multiple players who were eligible with the wrong numbers. So the other coach didn't know who's eligible, who and not, because they weren't announcing it because there was a weird rule about multiple. They really didn't have to. They just notified the ref. So 
other coaches didn't and defenses wouldn't know who's eligible to go downfield and who's not. So it was kind of like a dirty play, but legal. They kind of got rid of that too midseason right away. <laughs> so, but yeah, uh, a couple of them, I don't know. Um, it, it, uh, I think the time is the big, the last two minutes always takes like 10 minutes. Uh, they do need to do something in the last, you know, they're trying to do everything they can to get rid of kickoffs. I, it, yeah, it's they're doing everything they can. I think if they really want to get kickoffs, like CFL, what they do is the kicking team can say, and basically when they, it's like, hey, the other team gets it at the 35 yard line. Nothing. There it is. It's set there. But you really can't do that all the time because you might want offside, onside kicks and stuff like that. So it's a touchy subject, but they're doing everything they can to get rid of the kickoff. Well, I think a couple of things I'd like to see actually this coming year. Uh, better protection for some of the quarterbacks and the hits that they took this year. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not a fan of Cam Newton. I really I don't care for him very much at all. However, I don't know if anybody saw the the couple of, the first couple of games that he played this year. Uh, I remember the uh, opening game against Denver. He must have taken seven shots to the head, and they only called one, and that was in the second half. I mean, if anybody had a complaint against the league this year, it was certainly him because I, I really, really dislike the way they handled the whole situation. And I'm actually looking at the Denver team because – I'm surprised they don't really need to play that style of football. But uh, if you watch a lot of their games this year, a lot of their secondary guys led with their head. And I, I just had a I had a big problem with that. I just I don't agree with the, how the league handled this. All right. And real quick here, NCAA Final Four. Oregon plays North Carolina. South Carolina plays Gonzaga. Um, as always, my bracket is in the toilet. Out of the final four, I am going to predict Oregon playing South Carolina with uh, Oregon winning. Although I'd love to see North Carolina play South Carolina. That I think would be fun. Oh, just a quick heads up. I lost you for two minutes. Oh, okay. What's the last thing you heard from me? I've been going on. Uh, after I said about the league handling it and you started to go into it and that was the end. Oh, okay. Uh, about the... About the league, oh, about the hits. Yeah, basically, I think some of the stuff with Cam Newton, he, some of his hits weren't called, but he lowers his head and goes after it. Uh, so every team gets hits that aren't called. And uh, one of my pet peeves last year was the defensive player is going down for the hit, and the offensive player at the last minute lowers his head. It's how about help, and it's a defense fault. Well, why? The offensive player lowered into the defense, but it's the defense player's fault. So Cam declares himself as a runner pretty much more than any other quarterback right now, uh, with the exception probably when Kaepernick's playing. Uh, so he's definitely going to get more hits, and justifiably he'll have more that aren't called, but I, th I think that's with every team. And anything last thing about the NFL before we move on? No, I think that's pretty much covering it. I'll just be curious to see what this upcoming year looks like, but uh, I guess the one final item I'll leave us with is that uh, I'm unhappy that Oakland will be moving to Las Vegas. Yeah, it, it's... Yeah, I don't know. Uh, 
Oakland's had their chances. Um, um, have you ever been to the Coliseum where they play? No, but it, it's pretty famous from all the stories I've read out of the Francisco Chronicle. It, it's essentially a dump. It's There's money flying somewhere because legally it should have been condemned about five years ago, um, what I'm reading in reports. And the city's not condemning it because that's where they play. So I don't blame the Raiders. Do I want to see them move? No, I don't blame them. Uh, does Oakland have the money to do anything? No. So it's kind of a catch twenty two type thing. It, it yeah, I just moving with this. They talk to the players about gambling, don't gamble, this and that, and they go into a city, the biggest gambling one, where they have direct access to people saying, you know, if you don't cover the spread, so will that happen? No, I doubt it, but eh, just more of a chance. So, okay, that's it there. We'll go right into the, real quick, the NCAA. We got Oregon Final Four. Oregon's playing North Carolina, and South Carolina's playing Gonzaga. I'm going to predict Oregon uh, South Carol against South Carolina with Oregon winning. Again, my bracket's in the toilet like every year. So, But that's my Final Four. I'd love to see North Carolina play South Carolina. I think that would be a good matchup. And me, only because it's Gonzaga, I'd like to see how far they can pull it. Yeah, I think they will, but right now South Carolina is just playing kind of like a juggernaut. Same thing with Oregon. Uh, yeah, North Carolina's, yeah, it's North Carolina. Uh, any four of these, I wouldn't be surprised going all the way, really. Um, it, so, But uh, Oregon, I think, is just playing very exceptionally well now. I'm not a huge college basketball fan, but I'm watching a little here, and they just look really good. I think they're the one... Right now, them and Gonzaga are the two that are really team-focused, which I like to see. One note of uh, a fired coach this week was uh, John, Thompson, uh, John Thompson, Jonathan Thompson over at Georgetown. Yeah, and there's rumors that you-know-who might be coaching there next year. That'd be awesome if it were Patrick Ewing. <laughs> exactly. Maybe he'll uh, have a white T-shirt on under his uh, you know, jersey again. Or better yet, over his suit. <laughs> yeah, suit with it over the top. Exactly. Yep. That's another thing. Uh, NFL, about 10 years ago, banned NFL coaches from wearing suits on the sideline. Why? <laughs> Doesn't make sense to me. <laughs> you know, they cannot wear a suit on the sideline. They have to wear a sports uh, outfit from whoever they're sponsoring it that year. Well, I like to call that the Tom Landry rule because nobody could dress better than Tom. Exactly. The big thing came down with, uh, oh, I forgot. He was a Vikings coach, the one before the last. He was a defense. He's defensive coordinator now. I cannot think of his name. Former player for the Vikings, too. So I can't think of it. But he wanted to wear a suit, and he really pushed it. And they kept, nope, 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 nope. First game of the year, he did wear a suit and got fined big time. So, yep, okay. No here, no there. So I just I just don't see the point where the, why they can't wear a suit if they want to. That makes no sense to me. Okay, we can get into the main topic we are going to talk about today. This main topic we're going to talk about today is should the NCAA pay their players this is a kind of a big topic here uh it, it boy i think this is a topic we're going to be talking about that's going to be whatever opinion you have you're about going to stick with it. it it's pretty hot button here what's interesting is that the timing of this couldn't have been any better because i was set to ha talk about it 
last week, sort of, but uh, I still wanted to go through a few articles. And then on Friday, this past Friday, USA Today had the article that I uh, probably show up in our show notes. And apparently the NCAA, the NCAA has $200 million that they're going to disperse to all Division I schools uh, this upcoming April. And uh, it's... It's astounding because a couple of things I learned. Number one, uh, I really didn't think about it, but apparently the NCAA is nonprofit. How they ended up with two hundred million as a nonprofit is beyond me, but uh, that's a thing. And um, it's uh, interesting that, of course, most of the programs that are going to benefit from this are largely the large football schools. And it, the article is just. Um, it's gross at the base level, but uh, it's it's mind-boggling as you continue how much money the NCAA actually makes and how much they're profiting off the kids. I would lean towards paying some of these kids. Yeah, I read that article, and schools like Gonzaga, Xavier, and Creighton don't have football teams, so they're kind of hurt you know, uh, because of that. But if you look at the big picture, uh, the the money the NCAA football brings in about seventy percent of all the money. So everything else only brings in thirty percent. So does football get should get more? Yes. Uh, is it fair? No. Life isn't fair. Sorry, that's the way it is. Uh, one thing uh, you did send me an article about this is what that'll be in the show notes. Also, is that I've been talking about forever. Is okay. You're going to pay the players. They instantly now have to pay taxes, and if you do that. You'll also they'll also have to start paying taxes for their tuition, and because they're getting that's part will be part of their pay because of course the schools will declare that so they can. So now they're going to have to come up with pretty much all their salary might be going to taxes, and turn around all the other people getting scholarships too non academic will probably have to start paying taxes on there too. So it opens up a huge Pandora box about taxes and everything with uh, scholarships and the pay. Well, interestingly enough, what they were using as sort of a baseline here was uh, $100,000. Now, I'm not sure if they were actually talking about through the life of the uh, um, the child being at the school, or was this something they planned on doing every year for the kid? I don't know. But, um, you know, the, from the example that they were using, if a child paid 30% of that 100000 he's still making a good chunk of change even after tax. And I'll tell you, when I was 18, I could have certainly used $60,000. Right, but they, they also didn't account for the uh, school you go to. Let's say your book, school, tuition, fees come to thirty, forty thousand a year. Okay, you're instantly going to have to pay taxes on that too. Because that's going to be considered part of your pay. So it, it, it will they make money? Yes. But then it comes down to how are you going to pay the players? Um, of course, football will get the most. But uh, if most schools, the football program pays for everything else. Everything else. Everything's at a loss except the football pays for everything else. So they're going to say, well, then why do the football players get paid more? Well, they're bringing the money in. Is that fair? No. Will that happen? Could be. Well, then you got the curling team. Well, why aren't they getting paid the same as the football team over there? So they're talking about paying the players when they were talking about that salary. That was just the football. That wasn't dividing the money up. So who decides who's going to get paid and who doesn't? 
Well, that also brings to light some other interesting aspects of this situation, too. So if you're a child and you're not playing any of the major sports, uh, whether it be basketball or football, or in depending on which state you're in, even maybe baseball to a lesser extent, and college hockey, um, I would think that, I don't know, I mean, if it can fund some of those things like a curling team, like fencing, or any of those sports, I think that mostly these kids would be okay because uh, you really don't have a professional version of those sports. But you do have professional football, hockey, obviously, baseball, and basketball. And I believe that it's less than 5% of college kids actually make it to the pros. So I think that if you're compensating the, the child for the time he's in college, I don't think that that's necessarily a bad thing because the school certainly made a lot of money based on the performance of their team on the floor or in the field. Yeah, I think the only way it would work for something like that is basically saying if your sports work and if, if, you're, if your school and that sport at that school is working in a profit the pair, the players can get paid. So you get a like Ohio State football, probably the biggest there is. You know, uh, they have the most scholarships, so they make. But if you look at Ohio State basketball, they operate at a loss, just loss every year. So football pay, basketball win. Sorry, that's the way it is. And I think that would be a good way of handling it. But then again, you come back to uh, well, why is that right? Well. To be honest, we live in a capital capitalist society. You know, like we said, unfortunately, life isn't fair. You know, it, it <laughs> and doing that will some athletes that were playing basketball switch to football because they can get paid in college if they're going to play baseball or football. Well, they'll probably play football now because they can make a salary. So is that going to influence some players going to a sport? Uh, you darn right. That's going to affect uh, who's playing where. And again, I think that I'm okay with that. The biggest aspect of this, though, is what happens academically to the kid. Because the, is he allowed to go back to classes, attend classes? Uh, I think a couple of things that I'm willing to uh, sacrifice here uh, outside of the academic as aspect of it is the boosters. I, I think that that's something that should go away because I, I really am uneasy when you have strangers who show up and donate money to kids uh, hoping that they stay on the team. There's an element there that is pretty unseemly. And I don't think that, you know, if a kid goes down, I, I think it actually opens them up to play the game in the wrong way. Yeah. One thing I, I think I'd be scared about is if the college player started unionizing. Now, would it be initially bad? No. But I think what happened if you start unionizing, the smaller schools that are still operating at a profit are going to get shunned out. It, it's it's kind of like, uh, you know, the NCAA, you know, in the football. You might have a great team, you know, in the Big Sky Conference, you know, literally best in the country they still might not make the final four just because that's the way it is. They're not in one of the power conferences. And I do not think there's going to be one union, one size fits all. That would be too hard. So you're going to have a few different unions and it's going to be the haves and the haves nots. They're going to negotiate with the haves and the haves not are going to be left to the wayside. Whereas 
I think if the NCAA was at a whole, they would kind of, I don't want to say distribute the money better, but I think it would be a little little less of the haves and have-nots because I think initially it would work with the unions, but I think as time goes on, it would get worse and worse for uh, the different schools. That's actually a hard position for me to concede to because, well, I am a union man, but uh, I would... I see where the concern is there, because like anything else, once you get to the point where you're unwieldy, you're also hoping that the union that represents the the 1A schools will equally represent the 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 AAA schools or Division three schools. And I'm pretty sure that depending on where the money is, you can see that corruption coming down the road. Yeah, so it, personally, should I think the players get paid? Yes. But I, I, I don't think they should be paid as much as they're throwing these figures around. Um, I, I, I think if they can keep it under the, uh, to the $9,999,000 or a year or less, that isn't very much, that can actually be a gift. The NCAA can gift the players that money as long as they're under $10,000. I think that would be a great start you know, and, and with the money they're talking about, it wouldn't be hard to say, okay, these 105 colleges, you you know, your players, boom, here you go. You know, $9,999, here you go, enjoy. And then kind of tweak it from there. Uh, is that a lot of money? No. But it, what it will do is it will give them some spending cash up. My wife's nephew, her brother's son, was actually national champ for wrestling in his weight class. He had to go through hoops just to work at, uh, it was a restaurant where like one of those buffets, it was like all you can eat buffet type things. Uh, uh, Royal Fork, I don't know if you remember the Royal Fork chain, but it was Royal Fork. And he had to jump through hoops just to work there, you know, sitting there carving off meat on people's tables during the, the off season in the summer. Uh, so I can see where some cash would be nice. Uh, but I, I think some of the stuff they're throwing around the numbers I mean, you're having players, you know, that are adults having issues and you're going to give an 18 year old kid a big chunk of money right away. That's there's going to be issues. So I think if they start small with a smaller amount, like I said, they could keep it in that gift amount. That will be fine. Should they get something? You darn right. Uh, they should. Uh, the amount of money they're bringing in, they need to. But boy, it how to do it. I, th I think no matter what they do, it's gonna, there's going to be bad aspects. I don't think there's going to be a right way. I wouldn't be opposed to some out-of-the-box out thinking here. So, for example, uh, while they're in class, I would think that if you gave them a stipend roughly between 10000 and, I don't know, 20000 this could be the equivalent of work-study for them. Because, let's face it, every student at some point, unless they went for a free ride, full scholarship, most kids actually still had to work for exactly what you said. They have rent if they're off campus. They need to eat. And, of course, there are little incidentals there, too, books. And let's face it, just basic entertainment, too, because I'm sure a lot of kids dump money into the latest Xbox or PS4 or whatever is out there. Um I would think that what would be interesting is that if they were to establish something like that and based on the kids' participation in the program, what they could end up doing is dumping the money they would have paid him during his college days into a trust fund. 
So after he's graduated or moved on, um, he would be he would receive this money. I don't know, maybe when he's 30 years old, because then he's not relying on something that much. He's not handling a big chunk of money. And as a, as a secondary uh, item, I would make it mandatory for these kids to go to some kind of personal finance class just so they know how to manage this kind of money. Yeah, you took the words out of my mouth. I was thinking of some kind of trust fund thing too, and where it, it is tucked away. And I would love to see where the class, yes, I think that's a must. I, th I think that is a must too about finance class. But I would love to see it where, yes, it is taxed right away. And they, they take the money out immediately. I would love to see it go into some kind of Roth IRA or something like that where that is their starting of their retirement fund. Can they get it out when they retire? Yes, but they're going to be penalized. But we're giving you this money for retirement and you know about compounding money you're 18 20 years old money going in there and you're retiring you're 60 you know and they put 50 grand in there way back when that's going to be a pretty penny when you turn 60 62 and you can start taking it out but you can get it out if they need it before they'll just be penalized more for it so i would love to see something like that where hey here is your retirement for the future. Thank you for playing, you know, in the NCAA. You didn't make the pros, you know, but here is some retirement money since you made us profitable. Here you go. And doing something like that, as long as the money goes into some kind of, you know, vault where it can't be touched, it can it can go up and down. Ten years from now, it, it drops off, you know, where it's not much money. Okay, we're not going to pay the players as much. And, and this is something where they can, every three to five years, work on the, you know, the amount that goes into this. But I would love to see some kind of retirement thing where it just literally it's for their retirement. And I guess the last aspect of this is that when a child goes to college, I mean, it's great that they were able to make money while they were there. But really, I think the most overlooked aspect of this, too, is did they really get an education? Because if you remember many, many years ago, uh, we're probably going back about 20 years or so, uh, Charles Mann, the defensive tackle for the Washington Redskins, he was uh, given a, an opportunity to speak to Congress uh, about illiteracy. And w the shocking part of this is that he broke down uh, on the podium because he didn't know how to read the speech that was in front of him. Yep. And I think stuff like that, I think no matter what, it's always going to happen. If, if you got a special talent, people are going to help you along the way. And that's unfortunate. Uh, but then you really can't say, well, they need some kind of standardized testing. Well, I think our, our, that's one of the bad things with the schools now is everything is so standardized. All this you're teaching kids now in the majority of schools in the country is how to take a test. Not you're teaching them, you're just teaching them how to take this standardized test and you spend the whole year doing that. So you're not actually teaching the kids anymore. So it, there's always going to be something that's going to get kind of pushed through. So, and, and, and if you have a standardized thing, I don't think that's going to help because what standardized in New York is different standardized in North Dakota. So it, it, it's, it's, I think it's a catch-22 thing where I don't like to see that happen at all, but I don't think what happens that that's going to stop, unfortunately. No, you're correct about that. And I, I guess I didn't want to bring it too, too far off topic about that. But in the end, I really, I do favor the 
option for schools to pay the kids, put it in trust fund, and later on down the road when, you know, they are of retirement age or whatever, they can actually enjoy the fruits of their labor. And in some cases, it may even be a godsend for some. Or, you know, the best case scenario, they actually use it towards a down payment for their house. So they actually have a legit chance of creating some kind of a real life for themselves once their days in the sport is done. Yeah, because if it is for like retirement, think if you were 22 years old and you know your retirement when you're 62 years old, you'll have enough money to retire when you're 62. You just got to live until then. And you'll live pretty good with compounding money when you're 62. You, you, Most people would do so much stuff differently and how you do it until you get to there, you know, uh, where the quality of life, I think, for a lot of people would be better too if they do this. Uh, I am in favor of paying them how. Boy, you could say anything you want. I'm going to find faults in it, but there needs to be something going that way, yeah. And let's not absolve the coaches of any of this stuff, too. I think that the the amount of money that they're paying these college coaches is outrageous. How does Alabama justify paying Saban $7 million a year? Uh, that's unless they've actually managed to educate every citizen in the state of uh, Alabama Ah, oh, that's a tough sell. Yeah, but how much does Saban mean they bring in? So they pay him seven, but like you said, now with the boosters, like it or not, keeping Saban there, I bet you almost all of that's paid just by boosters giving money every year. So, uh, yeah, it's, yep, I understand what you mean. And ah. Pete, like Pete Carroll, I mean, he, he leaves the programs in shambles anytime he leaves a college program and other people got to clean the mess up. So, yeah. You know, actually, this is one of the few instances where I am actually okay with boosters giving someone that kind of graft or cash or whatever they want to call it. Uh, if they want to keep a coach in town, if that's what it takes to keep them there, I'm okay. I just don't want boosters around kids. Yep, and I don't want to like that either, but it's another thing that kind of like the reading thing, I don't think there's a way to change that as we speak, so unfortunately. All right, anything on this topic before we go on? No, I think we, we covered it in a lot of good ground, and I think we actually have a workable solution, so I'm hoping the NCAA listens to our podcast. Exactly. I'll send them an email. And uh, tell them if they don't listen to us, they're losers. And, uh, you know, when I talk, people listen. Uh, you know, there's at least three people out there that will actually listen to me when I talk. Uh, will they fully listen to me? No. But I'll at least have three people listening. But the articles are, are certainly worth people's time. So uh, definitely take a look at them. They're very eye-opening articles. Yep, they're in the show notes already. So you can go there and you can read them. And it does talk about some of the stuff we were talking about. All right. Anything before we conclude this show, Bruce? Um, no, actually, I think uh, all I can say is that the honeymoon period for the Boston Bruins is clearly over. Right? Even though they snapped their four-game losing streak the other day, uh, there's talk again about Rask's commitment to the game. So we can probably follow that up next week. Yeah, and like you said before, we're getting into the good part of hockey season. So go just go watch yourself a game. 
Well, thanks everybody for uh, listening to this episode. If you want to contact us, just email Tracy at podmas.com. If it's to Bruce, send it to me and I'll get it over to Bruce. And that's it. If you need anything, contact, comment, questions, concern, corrections, just let us know. If you want to join us, just email me and say, hey, I want to join you guys on a topic. Again, if you're a soccer guru, come on, let's have a soccer one-on-one thing here and uh, go into that but i do appreciate everybody listening to this taking time out of your busy schedule downloading this listening to it everybody have a good day good week take care